Good morning and welcome to Faithbrook Church. I'm Chrissy Thompson, our Children and Family Director. I'm so glad you're here with us, whether you're in person or online. Thanks for joining in. And if you're a guest with us, a special welcome to you. Thanks for taking the time to check us out today. Uh, we'd love to follow up with you and connect. Please go to faithbrook.church forward slash guest where we can follow up with you. And also as a thank you for your time today, we would love to uh, make a donation on your behalf to feed my starving children. Well, things sure have been changing everywhere lately, haven't they? And because of the changes and removal of spacing and capacity requirements, we will be going to one service at 10 a.m. starting next Sunday, May 30th, and we anticipate that throughout the summer. We will have all of our kids' areas open during that time, and we'll have an area for those of you who would like distant seating as needed. At Faithbrook here, our mission is to love God, love people, and journey together. And this Tuesday, we'll be journeying together on our bicycles. So we have our bikes and barbecue event this Tuesday at 6 p.m. and we'll have famous saves here for the adults and a free kids hot dog meal as well. After our barbecue portion, we'll head out on a bike ride or you can hang around here. We'll have kids obstacle courses for their bikes or their trikes that you can bring. So we hope that you can join us and also help us out by registering on our website or on our church center app underneath the events link. Well, we are going to continue our series now, A Journey of Grace. So let's welcome our lead pastor, Jim Comfort. Well, I think I was 13 years of age when I really started noticing girls. And I was hoping that they would notice in me. They started to become a higher value in my life because I realized I was shifting and changing. For instance, I didn't care what my hair looked like. I know this is hard for you to believe. But one time I did have some nice hair on my head. But the cool guys were like partnering down the middle. So I, I figured that out, feathered back. Hey, I put on those jeans that really wasn't comfortable, but they supposed to look cool. So I started wearing those jeans. Now, when I got up to high school and, and college, you know, I had to up my game because now you could uh, car date. Things got a little serious. And, and, and also I changed my, my hair part from the middle to the side. Started flipping that back, putting it back. Hey, woohoo! right, man. And once in a while, some girl might, took a chance on me and go out with me. And, and I realized, man, th this could get a little bit more serious, right? Uh, as we got up to, to, to college age, some of my friends started getting engaged. I was like, what are you doing? Don't you want to play the field? And, you know, if you realize you get engaged, you kind of get locked in, right? The next step is like marriage, and it's over, and you're like one, one, forever, you know? Kind of, you sure you want to do that? And, then I started getting a little bit older, and I was like, yeah, yeah. And uh, I realized that this marriage thing, you know, it's just not a kissy-kissy, date-date kind of thing. This could be like for, forever, for life, right? And to, to choose marriage was a major uh, maturing step for me. I would be losing some options. No more playing the field. I would have to be true to one person. Well, you can tell that I kind of was on this a journey, this evolution, a maturity, kind of reminds us of the journey that we're on here at Faithbrook. So glad that you have come today. Maybe you're watching online on this Sunday morning, and we've been exploring God's grace in many different aspects during this month. We, did, we realized that there is a seeking grace that's part of God's amazing grace that, that comes after us. In fact, it's working in every part of our life to draw us, to get our attention. In fact, it's even working before we're born. 
We notice we have this, these doors up here because every human being, no matter where you're from, who you are, we will all walk through two doors of life. We will walk through that door of birth and the door of death. We're not really what, certain what happens. But before we're even through that door, the, the Bible tells us that God created us. In fact, he knit us together in our mother's womb because he had a plan for us. And so in these times, he's, he's calling us to come to the saving work of God, the saving grace. And last week, Pastor Peggy talked about the value of saving grace. And so when we start exploring how God works through his grace, the more we start comprehending it, the more God's grace becomes amazing to us. Now, last week, Pastor Peggy did a great job at talking about saving grace. And she gave a story about a, a man, her father, who uh, had a will, and he had a lot of exquisite paintings, but his, his most precious uh, painting was a portrait of his son. And in his will, he says, when the bidding started to buy all these paintings, the, the person who bought the portrait, the average portrait of the son, gets all the other expensive uh, portraits and, and paintings. She said it this way, whoever gets the son gets it all. Um, that's what happens when we get Christ that God offers everything, his spirit, his holiness, his love, his righteousness, his care, his promises, etc. But I would suggest to you a lot of times that we don't always receive it all. Sometimes privately, uh, honestly, sometimes we, we don't want it all. And before we know it, we can kind of be missing out. We, we're not, just not going to go all the way with God. It's kind of like that, that dating thing. You know, there's a difference between dating right? And, and, and being close to each other rather than matrimony and marriage. That's a whole nother level. And so sometimes we just kind of play around. We just kind of date God. And, and I would kind of term it as we're just kind of immature in our spiritual life. We, we are connected with God. We're in the family of God, but we're just not sure if we want to go all in and be fully devoted to him. Now, hopefully we have experience the saving grace of Christ. Some have made that steps. Many of you have made that steps. But we don't advance a lot of times. We, we stay immature. We stay adolescents or even infants. Now, the Apostle Paul also found this challenge with the people he was ministering to and leading. And we see in his writings 2,000 years later, he, he writes about this effect to the Corinthian church in chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians. And he, and he writes it this way. Brothers and sisters... I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. He uses this, this image of little babies, right? I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were yet not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You can read between the lines. He's a little frustrated there. You are still worldly. Now, the word worldly, uh, the, the uh, old word would be carnal, really means you're, you're still living by your flesh. You're still living by your instincts. Whatever you want to do, that's kind of what you're doing or what the world is doing out there. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not still worldly? Just infants in Christ. But Christ has a bigger, bigger vision for us, a better vision for us. And that vision is to be all in with him. In fact, God's grace empowers us to be fully devoted followers of Christ. This, this power of this grace calling us 
um, compelling us to be uh, fully devoted to him instead of just playing around a little bit. We see another instance of Paul's writing to the church of Ephesus, chapter 4. He writes it this way. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. This is the hope of Christ, that we grow in God's grace, that we become mature, obtaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, this fullness comes from the Greek teleos, which means we're, we're full grown, we're complete. This, this measure obtaining to maturity in Christ. Then we will not no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and the craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. I mean, could you imagine uh, the mature uh, Christian, a, a people that are in love with Christ, fully devoted to, to Christ, and what a difference that would make? Uh, where does that come from? How, how do we grow? What does it take? Sometimes it, it takes getting past ourselves and putting Christ first. And Jesus spoke to this as he was uh, growing these, these men that were following him. He, he spoke to them and said, Whatever, <clears throat> whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up the cross, and follow me. Somewhere, we have to let go of ourselves and put him first in our life. Uh, you might be asking, well, what about grace? What about this journey of grace? Well, there is grace there. You know, Christ accepts us as we are, praise God. But he doesn't always just leave us where we are. It, we, he wants to transform us into his likeness, into his righteousness, into his holiness that people see when they see us, they see him. Sometimes we're not sure how to handle this grace. We're, we're not sure if he's really upset with us and, and, and he's mad at us and he's going to punish us. And, and does he just let us alone? And what's that look like? Well, can I give you a little tool to just kind of see Christ in a new light? I want to introduce you to uh, a series that is out there on the internet called The Chosen. Maybe some of you have been watching it. It's, it's really uh, picking up some momentum around the nation. It's produced by Dallas Jenkins, and it's really the, the life of Christ in a very high-caliber, entertaining, I would say, way. You will uh, enjoy it. It's 25 um, minutes long. There's a first series and then a second series, and they're just going to continue to produce it. I mean, it's super high quality, uh, dramatized, and so you'll see some scriptures in there. You'll see some backstories that are not in the scriptures, but you're going to see this guy, Jesus. And if you just watch him, he's been so impressive because we, we, we can read about Jesus, but this guy kind of lives it out, and, and grace oozes from him. Because through the series, he's collecting these disciples, these followers of him. They all are kind of uh, rough and got some personality traits, and they don't know what's going on. And he's patient with them. He's firm with them. He, he understands them. And he's on a mission to grow them to be fully followers of him. So I want to encourage you. Uh, I'm highly impressed with this. And you're going to enjoy it. In fact, my 12-year-old my enjoys it, and we enjoy it as a, a family. So this grace, the journey of grace to, to transform us into these fully devoted followers of Christ. You have to remember that, that what God started, as Paul said, 
he will begin, he will carry it out to completion. Philippians 1, 6 talks about this. Being confident in this, Paul says, he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion. So God hasn't given up on us. What God started in your life, he's going to continue to work with you. That's the journey of grace. But eventually, he's wanting us to grow up. He's wanting us to go all in. He's wanting us to make that decision, man, that we are true, all-in, devoted Christ followers. Now, some of you get a little nervous on this, right? Because, you know, if you get really into Christ, then you get a little bit weird. And uh, sometimes it's like one of the things we want to avoid is be radical. We don't want to be one of those Christians, right? And, and you never know what God's going to ask you. And so we kind of are hesitant to just move from infant to adolescent to immaturity to fully grown, full of God's spirit. What does that look like? And why should I do that in the first place? Well, can I give you three reasons why you should just give your life completely devoted over to Christ? Let, number one, I want to offer you this that half-hearted Christianity is troublesome. Half-hearted Christianity is not that great, okay? I mean, Paul spoke about that in the scripture that we saw in Ephesus, that we are susceptible to all kinds of false teachings, uh, different trends, different philosophies. If we're not all into Christ, then then we're just not sure what we believe. And somebody said we, we should believe this, and next year you're thinking this, and, and it's just not consistent. It's really not even fun. And also, speaking of that, there's, there's, troublesome, there's trouble in our hearts. Because we really haven't settled the question. We might have settled the question, man, do we believe in Jesus? Do we want him to save us from our sins? And we want to go to heaven? Yes, 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 yes. But when it comes to control, the old word would make to be Lord of our life, to be master of our life. We're not really sure about that. So we're always kind of in, in, in a roller coaster spiritually. We're like, well, one week, man, we're going to be dedicated to God, and I'm going to show up and do that and all kind of stuff. And the next week, we're like, well, I really want to do some other things. And, and uh, then we feel like bad for that and guilty, and we're not motivated, and we start spiraling, and we avoid God, avoid the Bible, and there's no victory. There's really no power there because we really haven't stepped over the line they say, you know what? My life is Christ. It's, it's going to be devoted to you. And so it's troublesome. In fact, I'm not trying to pick on uh, single people. But uh, I remember after I, I got married a year or two, and, and I was reflecting on my days before, I went all in with my, my, my wife, right? And I was like, you know, I'm so thankful that I'm married. Because over here, being a single is kind of traumatic, right? You're just always in flux, right? And, and for me, I don't know about you, but it was troublesome. Uh, I was just like, well, let's see if I can impress somebody. You know, it's changed my hairstyle. Would you go out with me, please? And they say, yes. And then you're dating, like, who are you? Do you like me? And, and how long is this going to happen, right? And once in a while, I'll be, hey, we need to talk and break up. I'm like, oh, break up. Right? And, and then Friday nights, I'm lonely and all this kind of stuff. Oh, but I had my options, right? I, I, I could play the field, and I could date, and I was a free man, yes. But I have to admit, man, when I wasn't a free man and I was in, in marriage, you know what? Those troublesomes were over. I knew who I was in love with and what we were going to do through, through life, and I was, like, thankful I wasn't in that dating scene anymore. I've made up my mind. Now, second reason why we should be fully committed to Christ is that the blessings that come from being filled entirely with God's love and power. Uh, there are some blessings when we get fully devoted to Christ. 
Now, Paul's trying to communicate this. He's writing these letters. We have it in the New Testament. And, and he's praying for these people in Ephesus to move from infancy to uh, immaturity to just understand the fullness of God, to be all in with God. And so he prays this. We see in Ephesus chapter 3, verses 18, 19. I pray we will have the power together with all the saints to comprehend the length and the width and the height and the depth and the love of Christ. Just the, the, the truckload of God's love that can just dispense in our, our life. And to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with what? Not half, not most of God, but the fullness of God. This teleos, this maturity, this, this devotion to God. Now, as Pastor Taylor was saying, around the world today, Christians are celebrating this Pentecost. Now, many of you know uh, what Pentecost is in Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2, uh, but it's a big deal. Why? I, we kind of call it a second blessing, because the first blessing is what Christ did on the cross, that he saved us. He, he, he believed in us and died for our sins, and, and we can go to heaven, and we're in the family of God, and we celebrate that. It's like awesome, right? But we realize that we still are in battle in our hearts. We're not sure. And, and so we see in the Bible that these disciples, they were following Jesus. And they believed in Jesus, but they're still full of themselves. They were still fighting who's going to be the top-notch guy. And, and they were jealous and fearful and, and kind of incomplete. So Jesus says, you know what? You need Pentecost. Now, he didn't say that, but that's, that's what happened. He said, I want you to stay right here. And I want you to hang out. I want you to pray. I, I want you to stay together and seek me because I'm going to do something incredible. And, and they did that. And 40 days after the resurrection, God brought this fire on them that changed them. They, they almost became different Christians. They were just like turbocharged. They were just like in love with him. And now there's this boldness. They didn't care. They were like, man, do you know him? And they started speaking and started preaching. They were fully dedicated. And because of that, that's what happened. The church started expanding. And the rest is world history because of Pentecost. So when we, when we entirely give, there, there's a new level of love. There's a new level of boldness and power that comes into our life. You might call it fruit. And that would be the third reason, because the greatest fruit that is produced in your life is when you get fully devoted to him. We see this in John 15, when John says, and I am the vine, you are the branch. If you remain in me and in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, how many of you want to bear fruit? Does that even compute? Say, God, could you use me? Could I be a blessing for your sake and your kingdom? We notice he says, apart from you, you can do nothing. Well, there's a lot of people that are not connected to God that are doing good things, okay? Jesus is not talking about that. He's talking about bearing spiritual fruit. I'm talking about moving mountains spiritually in eternity. He's talking about fruit that will last beyond that door of death, that for years and hundreds of years, what we did spiritually uh, producing fruit will matter for eternity. And this fruit only can take his uh, anointing, his help on this kind of spiritual level. In fact, he continues on. He says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it shall be done. This is my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciple. You're so in line with me. I can trust your heart. You've given me your entire heart. 
that whatever you ask, I can trust you. I'm going to flow through because we now have the heart of the Father. We now have the heart of, of Jesus in us. Showing yourself. Well, how many of you run into fully devoted followers of Christ? Um, would people identify you as a fully devoted follower of Christ? And who are those people? What kind of perspective do they have? What kind of countenance do they have? There seems to be a focus in their life. There seems to be a yearning to say, you know, I'm not perfect. I, I got some struggles and flaws, but I want God. And there's a, a relationship that they nurture. And, and a lot of times there is some fruit. And a lot of times there's some joy. They seem to be uh, living in a purposeful way and a fulfilling way. So like the disciples, many times we can just kind of be struggling with who's going to be boss and what about our way and what about our feelings until we just say, God, you can have all of me. And a Pentecostal surrendering experience can happen in our life. And not only just once, but we got to re-up it a lot of times. Now, friends, I, I would suggest to you that the devil doesn't want me speaking about this. And the devil would love for all of us to just kind of stay immature. Now, the devil doesn't want anyone to go to he heaven. He wants everyone to go to hell, right? But, but if you're going to receive Christ and have Jesus come into your life, then just stay kind of immature. Just stay a little baby Christian and be weak and kind of feeble and, and, and just stay there for years and years because it really doesn't empower the kingdom of God. It doesn't empower the churches. In fact, I would submit to you a lot of times the, the world is like, what, what's the difference? I didn't know that you went to church. I didn't know that you, you believed. Uh, really, right? But when we get full of him, there's a different level that we go forth. People notice the difference. The, the troublesome, it's not as troublesome. There's a peace because we made up our mind. We're going all in with God. There's a blessing that kind of flows through us, a power and a, and a, a, a using of God in our life that, it, that uh, a byproducts are these eternal uh, fruits that can come through our ministries, our lives, our our presence with people. So some of you are like, well, how do you get that? Maybe I need to do that. Some of you are like, well, I don't care. Some of you are like, it doesn't count for me. I'm kind of bored. Let's get out of here, right? But maybe if it's true that we're on a journey of grace, <laughs> that no matter what you think, God is still watching you. God is still moving in your life. God is still seeking us and drawing us. And if we have come to Christ and said, yes, I I'm a believer in Christ. I've asked him to come into my life then if it's true in this journey, he's going to be compelling you and calling you into a deeper, fuller work with him. Well, how do you do this? Well, one, I would say you got to confess your need to mature. you got to confess, your thing, you know, maybe I do need to mature. Maybe I've been on this side. Maybe I've been kind of a teenager and just this whole dating thing. I like it and that's good, but I'm not really just going to go all in with God. You know, that's a whole nother level. Maybe you're like, yeah, I've been over here too long. I've noticed that sometimes I just, I'm just not healthy spiritually. I'm just playing around one month, one week, whatever I'm around, who I'm around. And God doesn't have my full heart. I need to know that. Where, where would you be there? Half-hearted, full-hearted, roller-coastered, roller-coaster? Can God speak to your life and say, maybe you need to do some changes? Maybe you need to change some activities? or start new activities or habits. It's like, man, I, I need to go forward. To do that, sometimes we have to make a decision. I call it driving a stake. In other words, God, I know you're speaking to me, 
And I know what you're speaking to me about, and I got to make a decision. A lot of times we just kind of follow Christ accidentally. We just, man, if we can just get to church once a month, we're just like, whoo, maybe, right? And pray maybe once in a while we're in trouble. But God loves us so much. He's like, no, no, no. I'm calling you to a fullness and a liveness that is in me. So we have to, we have to put down some stakes and decisions. Now, if you're a, a mountain climber, you realize that the, the critical um, need to driving down a stake I got a stake with me right here. And um, if you're serious about getting to the top, this, this expedition, this adventure to climb this cliff or this mountain and, and, and the, the, the beauty of making it to the top, to say, you understand, I, I, made, I made my goal and there is an uh, experience and a view and a power of climbing. But it just doesn't happen overnight and say, well, we're just going to climb like this. Sometimes you got to say no. We're going to that crack, and we're going to drive, they call them a pivot, an anchor. And they're going to hook up to that anchor. And they got to take their time to drive that nail in. This is going to be permanent. And sometimes, spiritually, we got to make some permanent decisions to say, yes, I'm going fully devoted with Christ. I know this, again, we, we hesitate. We're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If I go all in with God, he might ask me to do something, or I might have to start giving something, or I might have to change, and, and I'm not sure if I, I want to do that. Kind of reminds me, I came to that pivotal point in my relationship with my wife, Terry. And it was before we were married, and uh, we got engaged, and, and that was great, and I had big plans. And so in those days, to get a marriage license, you had to go to the county courthouse. We didn't, there was no internet at that time. That's how old I am. Uh, so I had to show up to the county courthouse and, and fill out this form. This lady takes it over to, put, pulls it over the counter and says, Mr. Comfort, you need to sign th- these things. These are legal documents. And then you're going to uh, hand them back in and you will legally be married. And I was like, whoa. And just for a minute, I was like, oh, this is for keeps, right? Uh, this thing is like legal. And uh, this is more than just dating. This is more than just being engaged. This, this thing's to death to his part in my mind and in the, in the, in the, in the world's mind, you know, and I have to admit, I, I kind of froze because right there I was like, there's not going to be any more Jim. All right. It's going to be me and her. Right. And we're going to have to share things and do things. And I'm losing, uh, you know, my options right here. Am I willing to surrender that? Am I really willing to do that? OK. Woo-hoo. Right. But folks, it wasn't didn't take too long for me to make up that my mind. I signed that document because, you know, what compelled me was the, the love and the, the, the value that she added to my life. She helped me, and I loved her so much. And I was like, yes, I'm more than willing to give up and surrender anything I have because what we're going to do together, the life, the benefit, the blessings, the love, the joy that we can do together, sure, I I can't go out with the guys that every time they want to go out. And sure, I just can't spend all the money that I want. I mean, we're going to have to combine together, but I'm more than willing to go all in with her because I love her. She is that important. She is that much of a blessing. Hopefully she found the same with me, right? And let's Let's go forward. I signed it. Let's go. And we got married, and we've been married for 32 years. Yes, then there's something to say about that when we look at each other and say yes. Spiritually, it's almost the same way. See, I've discovered that you can't mature without steps of surrender. Usually every time, if we're going to mature in Christ, God's going to ask us to trust us with something. Sometimes it's a matter we've got to let go. It has to do with our time, our habits, our hang-ups to let go. And you know what? It's kind of what, what Terry was asking me. 
Because to see what my fiance needed was a husband that was fully devoted. Could you imagine? It's like, well, you know, honey, I'm kind of, I really, I'm into you most of the time, but I'm not really sure, right? And so let's just kind of hang out together for the rest of our life. Now, my wife, she would have said, see you, Charlie, okay? Because I'm going to find someone else that's going to give me his heart and fully devoted. What she needed and what we needed was a fully devoted, committed covenant marriage to say, man, we're not leaving each other. We're going for it. You know what that did for us? That just that took all the, 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 the stress and the questions away. We're, we're in this thing together. And before we know it, man, we're unionized. We're, we're, we're coveted together, man. And the, and the goodness and the blessing of being partners and, and working together, that's what we're talking about. And that's what she needed. She needed some guy to say, well, I, I, I love you. Just follow me. Uh, she needed a guy to show her, to say, man, I'm at that altar. You got all of me. And I want all of you. And God did some magical things. Same way in our spiritual life. We can play around with God and we can just be like most of the time or we step into this fullness of God and say, I know God, it could be dangerous. It could be worrisome. I'm not sure. But you have all of my heart. I go to you and I give it to you. And I do want to remind you that's exactly what God did for us. Before we even cared about God, before we even thought about maybe being into God, God was into us. And he sacrificed and surrendered supremely. God the Father let go of his son and gave his son to this world to live in a cruel world. And that world would eventually crucify him. And Jesus Christ would surrender all his options. He would be so in love with us that he would give his life on a cross. That we would believe in him and trust in him. And he would give us not his flesh, but his Holy Spirit to pour into our life. That anybody would open up their life and say, God, I want all of you, God. I want the fullness of God. I don't want to be half-baked. I don't want to be inconsistent. I want all of you. I dedicate my life. God's like, yes. See, when we get saved by God, we receive Jesus in the spirit. But a lot of times we're like, now go over there. I got a nice room for you over there. And you help me through life. Now, if I get in trouble, I'll call you out of your room because I need your help. Okay? But Jesus is knocking on that door saying, I want all of you. And a lot of times, especially in my life, I don't know if I want all God won't have all of me. But he'll just gently keep knocking. Jim, will you trust me with your whole life? But what about the future? Yeah, I know what the future, I know the future. Well, and the past things that happened in, yeah, would you trust, would you trust me with that, right? And, and I'd like to do these things, and yeah, I, I know, but I'd like to do these things with your life. Would you trust me? Would you surrender that? Would you, would you let me have it? See, this, this matter of driving stakes is a spiritual decision. And God's grace compels us, empowers us to be this fully devoted to Christ. And what's really cool is that God won't give up on us. What he began, he's faithful to complete. The question is, has he been kind of calling you, knocking on your door, saying, man, it's time to grow up. It's time to step into a level of fullness of Christ. So let's just take a moment and, and ask ourselves, you know, where are we? If somebody said, oh, I'm not sure where you are, Christ. Would they see you as a fully devoted follower of Christ? Would they know that after maybe a week hanging out with you? Do you describe yourself maybe as an infant Christian that's just kind of tossed and you just maybe started? Hey, if you just started as an infant Christian, that's awesome, right? God loves baby Christians. We're born again and we start growing. But maybe you've been an adolescent in Christ for like years. You really haven't stepped the next steps. 
to, to, to trust God with everything in your life. Maybe you feel that tension, that war within. Who's the boss? Who's in control, me or, or God? Maybe God is asking me to give him full control. Usually I've found that there's usually one thing that God puts his finger on, maybe a couple, I don't know. But this morning, let's just take a moment and, and ask, what is holding you back from being fully devoted with Christ? Would you just <clears throat> take a moment and give the Holy Spirit some space by closing your eyes? Just to slow down and listen in. If it's true that there's a Holy Spirit and that loves us, that he's working in our life, then he's going to identify some things that hold us back. This morning, I would just ask you, man, can you, would you trust God with that? Do you believe God loves you so much and has a divine plan for your life that whatever <clears throat> he's asking you to trust him with is surrender? That he could turn around and do something amazing? Maybe, maybe he gives it back to you. But for the next step, you've got to let go of yourself. You've got to make that decision. Maybe you got to talk to someone. Maybe you got to check your calendar. <clears throat> Somewhere you got to say, I'm going all in. Maybe you've been a follower a long time. You've, you've put a couple stakes in and climbed that mountain, but you've just been hanging there at 15 feet for a long time. There's a summit. There's a beauty. There's a fullness at the top. And you need to grow. And Christ is asking you to grow. This grace of God is compelling us, is empowering us. So I'm going to pray. I'm praying for openness. We got one shot this morning, God, if people are still enough to listen to you, maybe they're viewing this morning, to open up their hearts, to be honest. Your grace and love would guide them. <clears throat> I'm praying for courage. Oh, God, give us courage to surrender everything to you. Give us courage, God, to <clears throat> trust you with the things that we're scared about. Oh, God, give us courage to just open up our soul to the fullness of your spirit, to flood us and to fill us, to trust you. Thank you, God, for not giving up on us. Thank you, God, that you're patient with us. Thank you, God, that you continue to nudge us. Sometimes you convict us. But you're calling us, God, to something special, something holy, something bright, something that's righteous in you, a life that people can identify as a fully devoted follower of you. Oh, God, give us courage right now. If anyone is in this place spiritually to say, God, I, I want that. I don't care what people think. I don't care where I'm going to go. I just want you to fill me because I'm going to be used and per be your person. I know the risk, but I'm willing. Do it now, God. Your spirit flood. Oh, God, we need you. I'm so thankful, God, that you're going to be with us and for people that made that spiritual step, drove in that stake, said, yes, I'm going forward. God, I know your grace will be sufficient to empower them <clears throat> to do every good work and everything for righteous living. Help us, God, to live for you 
be empowered by you. In Jesus' name, amen.